Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. From the 10th chapter of St. John, this phrase of Christ's, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Our text. My sheep hear my voice. It's said that above all other animals, a sheep learns best to heed its master's or its shepherd's voice and will follow no one but its particular shepherd. In fact, it's often the case that sheep will share a watering hole with other herds, and when it's time to go, the shepherd calls to his sheep. He calls them to follow, and though they're mixed in together with all the other flocks that are there at the watering hole, His sheep don't need to be sorted at all. They'll follow the familiar voice and leadership of the shepherd that they know. Take this case in point. You may have heard of it before. An American tourist was traveling in Syria, and he saw three native shepherds bring their flocks to the same brook, and there the flocks all drank together. Well, at length, one shepherd rose up, and he called out in Arabic, Menah means follow me. And his sheep came out of the common herd and followed him right up the hillside. And the next shepherd, the second one, did the same thing. And his sheep went right away with him. He didn't even stop to count them. Well, the traveler, the American traveler, said to the, the last, the third, and the remaining shepherd, he said to him, give me your, give me your, your turban, your headgear, and your crook, and, and see if they won't follow me just as well as they'd follow you. And so the sh- he put on the shepherd's apparel and he had his crook in hand and, and he called out, Manah! Not a sheep moved. They know not the voice of a stranger. Our Lord reminds us, my sheep hear my voice. It's not that others don't call, is it? It's not that others don't call. It's not that others don't beckon. It's not that we, the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand, it's not that we're not summoned by the call of a world of wolves and wolves in sheep's clothing, a world that would steer us away from the pastures into which our shepherd has led us, a world that would lead us toward the empty promises of greener pastures elsewhere. It's not that other voices don't call, but we're his sheep. We're his sheep and they are unfamiliar voices. We know his voice. And it's no wonder, is it? It's no wonder that we know his voice. For how dear to us through the years... That familiar timbre and that vocal signature of our shepherd's voice has become. Faithfully calling to us time and time again, time and again, when we'd wander from the pasture too far, when we'd stay away from the flock for too long, faithfully calling in that ever increasingly and ever more familiar and dear tone of his, calling when we'd refuse to eat, of the verdant food of his churchly pasture, or we begin to stray into those ways that we know we should not go. We know that voice calling us, faithfully, devotedly, tenderly, calling us 
And not only calling us, but as Isaiah has said, in fact, calling each of us by name. My sheep hear my voice, says the good shepherd. Like those sheep in those Syrian pastures, his sheep, we know not the voice of the stranger. But recall again that that American tourist in those Syrian pastures, and remember, remember that having disguised himself under the familiar clothing of the shepherd, he still couldn't yet lead those sheep, for they knew not the stranger's voice. Well, that impressed American then afterward asked that last and that third shepherd, after trying and after failing to beckon his sheep, he said to him, will your flock then never follow anybody but you? And the old Syrian shepherd replied, oh no. No, sometimes a sheep gets sick. And then he'll follow any voice that calls. Sometimes we'd make ourselves sick too. And so become disposed to and become inclined to follow any and all of the voices that would call. The voice of cynicism, perhaps. So that we'd come to regard this sacred work that God does here in our midst. With his precious and by his precious words and his sacraments. Cynically, then we'd come to regard it as little more than delusionary tomfoolery done by a delusioned people. Or maybe we'd hear the sirens of worldly satisfaction singing so sweetly. And having been away from those very means of grace for some time and therefore undernourished and sick sheep, perhaps we'd follow those voices and forget our shepherd's voice and call. Or perhaps we allow all of the voices of the everyday family and school and team or sports obligations, those voices to drown out his voice. And so less and less frequently we graze upon those means of grace. And and then his familiar voice becomes then fainter and fainter and less recognizable to us. Six sheep will follow any voice. But my sheep, he says, they hear my voice. And his voice remains the same. Pastors can change, and they do, just like Paul did in our first reading from Acts for today. Having been in Ephesus for some three years, he was constrained, as he said, he was called by the Holy Spirit to Jerusalem, to another place to preach. Pastors can change. The echoes can change. And while the echoes can change, the voice of the shepherd ever remains the same. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And oh, how a shepherd knows his sheep. Far better than the sheep ever could know the shepherd. Our shepherd, he knows us well. He knows us. He knows us as the shepherd that spends his days amid his sheep, walking among them and through the midst of them and speaking to them, knowing the tendencies of each and every one of them because they're like children to him. He eats with them by day, watches over them by night. He knows. He knows that this one, this one here is a bit strong-willed. 
can be a bit stubborn at times. He knows that one there, that one's awfully meek. He knows that this one, this one has discovered a lump on his back and he's scared. He knows that this one here, she's not the ewe lamb that she used to be. A bit older now, a bit slower, a bit less sought after, but he loves her no less. He knows that that one, that one would hustle away from the flock in a minute if he could. And so wisely he knows best to let that one hobble along in his infirmity for a bit longer. He knows this one, this one needs more tender affection, that one a bit more forceful direction. He knows that that one there, he knows that that one hurts far more on the inside than he lets on to the other sheep. I know my sheep, says Christ. And you know why he knows us. Because he chose to know us. He could have certainly and would have been justified in doing so. He could have let us wander and stray far and wide and over the eternally deadly precipice, over the rock face or the cliff, into the waiting jaws of those lions that prowl about. You know how the parable goes. He had 99 others. He didn't need you. But he chose to know you. And he sought you out singly individually wherever it is that you wandered there he went and you know do you know that no matter how many ways into how many wares we all have wandered you know that they all led to the same place calvary and the cross and finding you there with joy he reached down And with nail-pierced hands that one day would baptize you into his fold and flock, he reached down and he laid firm hold of you, and no one, no one can snatch you from those nail-pierced hands. Like a loyal shepherd will, he became one of his sheep when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and he chose to wear our sin's foul scent. But what's more, he chose to become our waywardness. He chose and willingly he embodied the guilt of our wandering. That's exactly what St. Peter says. In fact, maybe he says it best. When he says he bore our sins in his body on the tree. And then he says this. For you were like sheep going astray. But have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He chose to know you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They follow me. Following him means that we don't always see where we're going, doesn't it? We know his familiar voice that's called us when we needed calling, that comforts us. When we need comforting, that assures us when we need that assurance. We know his voice. And we know how well that he knows us. As we look behind us where we've been, knowing how good and faithful he's been to us means that we can go forward and we can follow that voice wherever it is that voice would lead. 
even when the way would seem to us so uncertain. And uncertain, it certainly seems at times, doesn't it? Now we want to know where we're going. We want to know how the weeks are going to be unfolding. Sometimes things will be to us uncertain. Some years ago, by way of a member of this congregation, uh, I was introduced to a, this account of a young pastor, a young and a new pastor who was walking with an older and more seasoned and experienced pastor one day in the garden that was near that particular church, feeling a bit insecure and uncertain about what God had in store for him to do, the young pastor was asking the older one for some advice. Well, the older pastor walked up to a rose bush and plucked something from it and then handed the young pastor a rosebud. And he told him to open it without tearing off any of the petals. Well, the younger pastor looked in a bit of disbelief at the older pastor and was trying to figure out what possibly a rosebud could have to do with his wanting to know the will of God in his life and for his ministry. But because of his great respect for that older pastor, he proceeded then to try to unfold that rose while keeping every delicate petal intact. It wasn't long before he realized how impossible that was to do. And seeing, as he expected to see, and seeing the younger pastor's inability to unfold that rosebud without tearing it, the older pastor then began to recite this poem. It is only a tiny rosebud, a flower of God's design, but I cannot unfold the petals with these clumsy hands of mine. The secret to unfolding flowers is not known to such as I. God opens this flower so sweetly, and then in my hands they die. If I cannot unfold a rosebud, this flower of God's design, then how can I have the wisdom to unfold this life of mine? And so I'll trust in Him for leading every moment of my day. I'll look to Him for guidance each step of the pilgrim way. The path that lies before me only my Good Shepherd knows. And so I'll trust Him to unfold the moments just as He unfolds the rose. There's no doubt some paths appear very dim, dark, some very, very daunting. Perhaps his voice leads us into medical uncertainty or near certain medical calamity. Maybe his voice calls us down a way far lonelier or far more challenging than ever you imagined for yourself. Maybe his familiar voice leads you into ways unfamiliar and into, into uncharted territory. But following his voice, this we know for certain. That no matter how daunting and dark the path, he's already there where you're going. And he'll be with you there when you arrive. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even there, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thou art with me. Martin Luther said it well when he said, I know not the way Christ leads me, but well do I know the guide.
In closing, I'll share with you the words of a very beautiful prayer that many of you probably have heard before, but it certainly bears repeating today. A slight variation on that prayer goes like this. Lord God, you have called your children to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your voice is leading and your hand guiding and your love supporting us. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.